0: Darcy swins out, trying to get his boot to it. Hughes! comes through. He's going to have a shot for goal. That's a goal. Good goal. Very good goal indeed. On The Late Show, you never forget your first, and um, I guess this week is a beauty. 282 games. He's a footballer, obviously, but just a good bloke as well. Andrew Hughes. Hello. Kevin, Kevin Hillier, it... wonderful to be on board. Uh, it's good to talk to you, mate. How are you? Awesome, pal. Great to hear your voice and uh, the dulcet tones. <laughs> wonderful. Now, we're going to go back and talk about a whole lot of firsts in your footy career. as you, your memory of your early days of your footy career?
1: Mm, yes. Well, it's, uh, it, it's what I create that, <laughs> uh, that makes the story even better these days. Uh,
0: that's Andrew embellish Embellishbues uh, would be <laughs> middle name. Now you're a Geelong boy, so the, the, you always was was Geelong the club that you always wanted to play for from day dot look
1: interestingly, and, and this has sort of come around uh, talking to people and in uh, particular a guy called Bob gartland, who's a historian down here at uh, at the footy club at Geelong and he's uh, we were chatting the other day, and because I lived in Geelong, the likelihood was that you would end up at Geelong, but as a North Geelong boy. I played for the Magpies out there, and uh, had a very strong sense of what the Collingwood Football Club were up to in the VFL back then, ah. and not as much really about what I knew about Geelong and uh, and the likelihood, though, that I would end up there.
0: So, when uh, when Geelong grabbed you, how how did that how how did sort of that take place, and how did you feel about it at the time? Do you remember?
1: Well, it, progressively, it was just one of those. It was the thing that. You know, a few of your mates went through that were a bit older and you, you watched them go from North Geelong down to the Cats and try out. You know, I remember one in particular, Stevie Dracovic. He was, uh, um, Mark, his son, played for Richmond. And, um, but Steve tried out a couple of years before I did. And, and then he, uh, he came down and did some pre-season and a few years later. But he was a guy that I saw go through that system and end up coming back to North. And I thought, well, that's the progression. You go there, you try it, you train. You don't make it, you come back. And I didn't know really what the end story was if you made it. So it was all, then, do I have to give up the team that I go for now and uh, how that all yeah. was going to pan yeah. out?
0: It's a different world now, isn't it? I mean, uh, the, the, the way things are now, it doesn't matter where you're born, you'll finish up somewhere in the system but, and, and you don't have any say in it. Well, at least, you had, did you have any say in it back in that day? Um, I think it did. But there was just that
1: expectation, I think, uh, that people in Geelong would play at Geelong. Um, I had another mate of mine playing for Bell Park. He ended up playing at Carlton, and he's a premiership player, Fraser Murphy. Oh, right. And Murph Murph was um, somebody who was a year older than me, um, went into the system after I did, but uh, not at Geelong, at Carlton. So there was no sure thing. It wasn't the absolute, but the expectation was pretty much that you would just go down to Geelong and try your hand there. If you didn't make it, you went back local. Yeah.
0: So when you went there in the early 80s, uh, did anyone take you under their wing? Did anyone sort of mentor you, say, get over here, Busey, we'll look after you?
1: Well, there's always someone willing to put their arm around you and uh, lead you down the garden path and, <laughs> and take your head on into something. That, look, it was really funny. I, I, I was lucky enough in my first season to play in the twos and the premiership side and uh, very, very lucky to play with people like Gary Sidebottom who ended up in our two side. Um, who after missing the bus, of course, and all the rest of the fiasco. Yeah. Um, but Ray Card, Murray Wickham, those blokes were uh, the experienced campaigners of the day and Kevin Sheehan. And they, would, uh, they were shocking. Let's just put it out there. They were disgraceful in the way that they would assist you to try and derail your career. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, well, the footy clubs were a different, a different culture then, weren't they?
1: Oh, they absolutely were. Yeah, uh, the first thing they do is shove a beer in your hand and say, all right, let's get to know each other. Yep. Nowadays, it's a little bit different system and, uh, and, and everyone's better for it.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, what, what are your memories of your, of your first game? It was round uh, four, 1982, Saturday 17th of April at Marabon, Of all places to make your debut.
1: <laughs> yes, what an inglorious day that was to be as well. Um, I can recall it because I played the first quarter. I might have had a kick and a handball. I couldn't tell you exactly the stats. Um, I was a late inclusion. And I, so I ended up going up to the game. I wasn't to tell anybody. It was one of those secretive things that uh, I think mum and dad. I told them, but I don't think they made the game. Um, I played on a, an ex Geelong footballer, uh, Greg uh, Durnham. I think I played on him. He had uh, he led me a merry dance, and uh, in all honesty, um, I thought to myself, "By oh, gee, if I can't beat him, I'm in all sorts of bother." <laughs> I Ended up on the bench for three quarters. After that, we got an injury late in that uh, second quarter, and Billy decided, "No, we are not putting. We're not putting you back out in the turf. You are out of your league." And uh, my day was wound up having a cold shower in the Merewyn ground.
0: Uh, well, which wasn't an unusual thing in in those days. Uh, well, what what a what a I mean, in all honesty, what a bloody anti-climax all up!
1: Oh, it was a horror story. Yeah. It was a horror story. The worst thing about it was, at least, I kept thinking to myself, "Well, you played a game, at least. You played a game. You played one. Um, you know, you can always say I played a game of AFL footy or yeah. BFL footy back then." But um, yeah, so it was. It, it, things went south from there too. I, I ended up ending back in the um, seconds, and then playing even worse, and played back down into the thirds. And I remember having a chat with Mum, and she said, gee, Andrew, it's just going backwards." So I said, "Yep, well, I'm on. A, I've got a plan." And she goes, "Great." So she heard me out encouraged me and um, lo and behold uh, by the end of that season I played five more and we won another premiership.
0: Yeah you got back into the uh, into the team back around 18 took you a while to get back in obviously but then you played the last five of the uh, in the seniors and as you say yeah that's right played in that uh, Resi's Premiership side.
1: It wasn't it was and another great uh, good fun finish to the season but the the next season was I I think really where I, I grew and became are more in tune with what we were up to and, and what we were trying to achieve. And, um, and, and Tommy was fantastic. He was, he was a terrific coach and, uh, and just gave me as much encouragement as possible to, to keep uh, learning and growing.
0: There's that, there's that moment that happens. I mean, obviously, put the, let's put the horrors of the first game behind you. Then you get the five games at the end of uh, 82. When was yep. the first time you kind of felt, OK, I am, I am going to make this. I am gonna, I'm going to be a 100-game player for this club or in league footy at least?
1: You know what? I reckon it wasn't until I actually played fifty, which felt like forever, oh. um, and it was uh, it was against Sydney Swans, I think, the fiftieth. And I thought, finally, you played a bloody good game.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you bloody played one that, that people might say this kid's actually okay. And and I remember Murray Wickham on the way home in the bus, and he said, "That's it, mate. Now that's that's where you start. You start your career right now." And uh, you know. From the bloke who was trying to get me drunk as a lord (laughs) um, in my first couple of seasons, he actually saw a bit of bit of growth in me and uh, encouraged me to, you know, that that I was on the right track.
0: Well, was the? I mean, you mentioned Tommy. Was was Tommy the person that kind of uh, turned you around a bit, Tommy Hofing?
1: Oh, look, Tommy was fantastic. Um, All all my coaches, I got something different out of it. Tom was, my goodness, uh, his standards, I think, and his beliefs and and his passions and values—all those cliche words they throw around these days just a great example to us young blokes what you can still be achieving in your, in your mid-50s you know he was in great nick he, he ran every morning he was in the gym before we were in the gym he was in there after we'd finished he'd sit down in the spa and have a chat there and, and talk know your mother your father your uncle your auntie yeah, you know what everybody was up to yeah. amazing individual
0: that first game you wore the number 46 <laughs>
1: I progressed from number 53.
0: Oh, did you? You'd actually traded down to 46.
1: Oh. Yes, yeah, so I'd already had a heavier load to carry.
0: <laughs> oh, fair enough. Andrew Views is my guest. Uh, this is, uh, you never forget your first. Uh, we, we sort of sail, let's sail through 83 and 84. And they, I mean, they were good years for, and the footy club was starting to build into something, wasn't it? The Geelong footy club at that stage.
1: Well, we, we'd started to, we had started to build a little bit. We'd become a little bit more vibrant. I think the, uh, I think the pressure of, of uh the the I think it was excessive um preliminary final appearances and failures or seem to be failures um, were behind us and uh, and yes, we were starting to build a a pretty solid group of players I mean we'd seen Williams turn up um I think uh, we weren't far away we we'd had the excitement of having Mark Jackson with us yeah. um, how was that really how was up w- for you <laughs> <laughs> you know what he of all the things I was terrified to be playing next to him because I'd heard all the stories about Jared Healy and all the rest that, that, uh, you know, he didn't like folks hanging around him. He liked room. He liked, but he said to me, if you keep hanging on to your man and not letting him come jumping over the top of me when I'm having a scrap, you can play forward pocket next to me forever. <laughs> and I thought to myself, wow, he's two lockers away. If I upset him, he's going to destroy me and my locker. Yep. Um, I needed to make sure I, I made friends with him. And, uh, Every opportunity I had, I passed to him. I didn't care if I was 10 metres out. I still passed to him. <laughs> he then started feeding me back. I ended up with 45 goals or something like that in uh, in 1985.
0: He could actually play, couldn't he? I mean, despite all the antics and stuff, he actually was a very good player.
1: Very good player, good full forward for the day. Uh, imagine him in today's footies, holding zone and running up the field.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah <no. laughs> Even in our time, he wouldn't chase out of the forward line. That was my job. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so the, it was
1: hard playing one on two sometimes. Um, but I love Jacko. He was fantastic to play. He's made all the stories that you, you'll have ever heard and you, anything he's written is all true.
0: Was, was Geelong a, a place that, that sort of bred, or, or not bred, I won't say that's unfair to say bred, but was Geelong a footy club that uh, allowed a bit more of uh, the character to come out and there were a, a bit more of the odd bod kind of blokes on your list?
1: Well, goodness. I mean, we had, uh, in my time, we had Stephen Lunn. Very oh. different individual.
0: I, I know Stephen very well.
1: Stephen's still running around the traps. And uh, God forbid, we would have thought that he may not have survived to the age of uh, 30 no. or 35 as it was. But it's he's true. made it through. <laughs> he's won. Uh, I think then we look at uh, Brian Peake. We had him come over from Perth. And he was a unique character at the footy club. Uh, Jacko fits that bill. Side bottom fits that bill. I mean, that period in football, um, if we could have taken in... If you had ever looked at which misfit would we get next, (laughs) Robbie Muir would have had to have been on that list.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was sort of the wayward home for footballers who'd sort of lost their way a little bit.
1: We certainly were. And it was all us young blokes, Darcy, Flanagan, myself, Ray Sarcic, all these young blokes trying to carve a career. And we had all, all this chaos going on around us
0: in the in the midst of all that you're a very dedicated football side though and i mean uh, in in terms of fitness and that tommy tommy bought something to every club he went to in the, in that fitness era did did that rub off on you particularly
1: oh absolutely without a doubt um i really embraced uh what he was what he was selling you know he what he was selling to me was you know your lifestyle your um, your commitment to becoming a, becoming something more than what you currently are, and progressing through, you know, he, he'd had premiership um, history. He was the, within our group. He was the only one that had it. Yeah. We, we had to look to somebody to to guide us. And you know, we, we had an amazing bunch of talent. I mean, Williams, Bolton, Tui, who all went up to, to Sydney to follow Tommy up there. Um, I ended up staying behind. I didn't have a reason to leave. You know, we were we'd uh, we were certainly on the march. We were on the way. It hurt us in 86, but uh, 87, 88, you know, along comes Bearstow and Paul Couch and big developers of great footballer. And we were really, we'd pick up Dwayne Russell as well. We'd, we'd had Bruce Lynn we'd get Gary Ablett, senior, we'd... We really were becoming a, a, a silent force, but uh, we just hadn't quite produced anything yet.
0: And in there, of course, there's a little bloke who uh, won a Simpson medal in 1987 playing for the Big <laughs> V, uh, one of his 12 appearances for the Big V, and he was cutting a bit of a swathe himself, I think won a goal of the year award in the middle of all that uh, for a goal that might have been against the Doggies from memory. Um, it was indeed, and uh, I keep
1: saying that that was the most selfish piece of play I'd ever produced.
0: <laughs> Bloody good goal, though. <laughs> it gets a run occasionally. Oh, it's an outstanding goal. Uh, uh, so, I mean, you you were you were cementing yourself as a as a premier player in that in that football club too, uh, through those years. Well, that
1: was the whole aim. That was for me. That was I. I once I would played that and i I'd realised I actually belonged. I was then. Uh, it, what's next? And and I was as jealous as anything when I saw Dermot running around playing for Victoria and um gary ablett running around playing for victoria and i i really believe that if i just apply myself and and push a little harder and train a little bit more and and dedicate a little bit more to my footy life i could do the same things um maybe not with the same pizzazz as ablett and um and 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 uh, dermot i didn't have the size and the flamboyance but you know i thought if, if i could get a run in that i reckon i could mix it
0: yeah what do you think of the uh, the reintroduction of State of Origin the other week with the with the bushfire game? Do you see uh, does it does it rekindle those great moments for you? And and do you think there's a place for it in today's game? I don't know whether it's got a place, um, but
1: and I wasn't as wound up about watching it until I started watching it. Yeah. I've got to tell you, I was so impressed with the, the skill. I look, I, and people will say, Oh, it was no bruise. But I saw people getting tackled. I saw people – the way the ball moved didn't give people opportunity to play hard brand footy. That's there was true. less tackles. There was hardly a ball up. There was hardly a throw in. The skill level was amazing. The talent that was going for high flies was put on show was amazing as well. Look, I, I absolutely adored the game. I, I, well, I'm going to watch it again. That's how much I really enjoyed it. And I rarely watched a game twice.
0: But you'd be surprised if it became a, a regular part on the calendar even once every two years or whatever?
1: Look, it, let's, God forbid it happen again. Uh, if there was an appeal next year for perhaps something else, you could make it annual, but you'd have to be looking at not um, hoping that it's not a fire appeal. You'd hope that it was something else, something that could be, uh, a, you know, a great charity event each year with the same flavours. I, yeah. I thought the flavour was really solid.
0: When you look back over your career, you know nearly 300 games uh, at, at club level, but then all the big V games that come into that as well. Well, where, where does the big V sit for you, and in, in the sort of you know the pecking order of what you achieved in your footy career? Well,
1: Teddy used to call us the uh, 13th team. Yeah, you know but there was 12 teams in the comp back then, and uh, and we represented those those guys. So, you know, with that little bit of branding, and I always took that on, and I I just felt I belonged in that group, and we had a, we're such an, an awesome young group um, put together from, from 85 onwards um, that we all became really good friends. And I see Richard, um, uh, goodness, I've forgotten, Dale Waitman and uh, Osmond, Richard Osmond. I see these guys occasionally at, uh, at Woody Flanks and I just know we're, we're close. We've got, um, we've got stuff to talk about. We've got more links. We used to catch up outside uh, the state carnivals and state uh, training and all that sort of stuff. Aussie would come down to Geelong. We'd go down the coast. Jared um, Healy would come down for surf, you know. Mur- Murph, Dave Murphy was always somebody I loved catching up with. Yeah. You know, Barry Mitchell, little uh, McGurko
0: I, I just loved catching up with these guys. You never forget your first with uh, Andrew Abuse. Your first final was in 1989. In terms of a first big final, uh, what, what are your memories of that year? Because that was a hell of a year for the Geelong Footy Club.
1: So many firsts in that season was uh, it was terrific. It was a real progression for us. We I think there was the first time a club had kicked over 200 points in a game, I think, something like that. I think there was the first of uh, the highest score ever kicked. There was uh, first appearance for us in a, in a grand final for such a long period. Um, Malcolm was, was, uh, was a, I'll say this without, with disres- without any uh, disrespect to any of my former coaches, Malcolm was a fre- breath of fresh air to the play group who uh, bought a different, en- I suppose, a different uh, environment. He bought a different dimension. Um, there was a few things missing that gaps were filled with the way he coached us. Yep. So that was uh, that was such a, a, it was a great thing to be part of.
0: Yeah. It's very easy to find all the knocks on, on Blighty as a coach, but uh, he sort of opened the opened the box and just let you go, didn't he, a bit?
1: There was a lot of that. Uh, within, within a lot of strong framework, though, yep. um, you know, he was the first guy that walked up to our group and said, here's the team rules. And we sort of looked at each other going, uh, what? <laughs> um, don't we just play the game as it should be played? <laughs> so we, we actually were given some guidelines. He was really strict on it. How, you know, if we didn't, uh, if, we, if we broke rules, we'd be off the ground. It was, um, It was pretty simple. You know, reward and you got penalised. So reward... Penalised if we if we played a soft game on the weekend it uh, it would be tackling and if we played a hard game on the weekend that we were really um, determined and tackled hard we wouldn't have to do tackling during the week so there was you know penalty reward system was uh, was in play and and we responded to it
0: yeah did he always keep you guessing was there always that there, from the outside it always appeared like there was a left field to bloody's way of going about things that was to, to challenge you and to and to inspire you you, you as a bunch of players.
1: Look, yeah, in the majority of the times, yes, but we all know Mel's a bit quirky and and uh, he, at different points in time, he would sway away from his his standards and beliefs and uh, and that would be detrimental to the group. Yeah. You know, you only have to look at some of the, the win-loss ratios at different points throughout years. You go, what happened there? <laughs> and often there'd be a fix up somewhere where he, he'd put his hand up and go, you know what, I, I know I've, I've, I've mucked things up and I've gone too far and... You know, we've got to go back to having fun and enjoying it, and go back to the the principle. So he was able to pull himself up, but it, it you know sometimes that course would be a little long in the tooth, and it cost us a, a few times, um, particularly late in seasons.
0: Nineteen eighty nine. Tony Wilson's just written a ripping book about it um, uh, that's just been released in the last week or so. Uh, your memories of that day, the game, and 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 how it felt after.
1: It was really. Uh, it was a unique week, I think. Um, we, we snuck into the, into the grand final um, after a, an up and down, I suppose, final series. And to find ourselves matched up against the Mighty Hawks, who uh, won the, the grand final the year before. So they were looking at it back to back. know, The focus wasn't necessarily about who we were playing. The focus was generally about how we were going to play. And I think that's a really, uh, probably it's a more healthier way to go into a grand final, that's for sure. You you, you really, you have no control over what the opposition are going to do. You hear the rumours. Dermot made sure that his rumour of uh, cleaning up someone in the middle had filtered through to our club and we were mindful that that was always going to happen anyway. It wasn't wasn't as though he was breeding something brand new. We we were sort of onto that. Um, Yates little uh, attack on Dermot was uh, a personal vendetta from uh, the first time we met them. I, I can't remember exactly what round it was, but it was in the first half of the
0: season. Round
1: six, and uh, yeah, it was always going to happen. Yatesy never let one die. He always, if someone got him, he was always going to get them back. Yep. So I was, I was, I was very clear on the fact that at some point throughout that game, Dermot was going to probably find himself in his backside.
0: Yep. What are your memories but of it was a, as it unfolded during the day? Did you did you always feel you were a chance?
1: I didn't ever think we weren't a chance, knowing our scoring ability. Yep throughout the season, you know, in different quarters, you know, there's nothing for us to pile on 10 or 11, 12 goals. We had that ability. Um, we were consistently six goals behind nearly all day, apart from, or as they edged us out in the first quarter. So six goals was always within reach as far as a number, but, you know, you've got to restrict their scoring and, uh, and uh, you know, overtake them. So that was the challenge, you know, could we restrict them um, and, and find a way through to the, the goal mouth? Um, knowing that they were they were a super powerful side, I, I, when you I have a little little peekaboos at that game in in years gone by, and you look at it, and you go, you know what, gee, they were a good side. <laughs> we were, did we really get up against those guys? Yeah, and and do we actually take it up to them? Which was, you know, you sort of feel a little proud and a little punched that, that the fact that you were able to nearly get there, but uh, at the end of the day, we didn't. But it was a mighty. Uh, Battle, I, I felt that I'm, I'm quite proud of the fact that we played to the best of our ability, and, and we just didn't quite get there.
0: Yep, yep. Afterwards, uh, was it? Was it? Uh, I mean, did it affect you for a long time, or was it something you got over fairly easily?
1: I remember we sat down at uh, Darren Flanagan's hotel, and we went and watched the uh, the replay the next day. I don't reckon I saw the replay though for maybe another five years or, or something like that, because oh, wow. for me, it was more about not looking back. And trying to step forward and and create a new history and a um and look where we we could end up or possibly what we could do rather than looking back let's look forward and and try and generate something that that we can be more proud of.
0: Yeah, 1990 was a good year in, in a way and a bad year in another way. You you were made captain of the club, but but then unfortunately you did your knee early in the season.
1: Yeah, it was a. <laughs> sometimes you look back and go. Why do I do that? I, I talked to Tony Shaw one day about when he did his knee, and I remember seeing it happen on telly. He said, I didn't have to do that, what I did. And I said, I'm the same. I didn't have to do what I did, uh-huh. but I did. And, and I was talking to uh, Tim Watson another time. and I, Timmy, what about when you did your knee? Because it seemed to be a common theme. I oh, said, biggest mistake I made. I didn't have to do what I did. Yeah. And it was really quite, made a bit of a joke out of a, you know, a very serious and personal thing. But when you, when you did look back at it, it went, why did I do that? It, it, the result was the result. I hope if it hadn't happened, well, you know, who knows what would have happened. But at that point in time, seven games in, I was in front in the Grand Ole medal. I was pretty proud of that. Yeah.
0: But then <laughs>
1: not to get another vote. Why couldn't they vote for me just because I wasn't playing?
0: <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with these blokes? <laughs> um, uh, 92, you missed the grand volum of injury. Uh, so that's obviously one that, that – uh, uh, how do you reflect on that these days?
1: Gee, it was a horrible season. Uh, that, that season that uh, after the 89, the 90 year was, was just a, oh goodness, it was such a shambles. I, I remember towards the end of the season, I don't, I don't think Gary Ablett was playing, David Cameron, Cameron was out. We'd lost Mark um, Yates to retirement, we'd lost Mark Bearstow to retirement, we'd lost Mark Foster to retirement. So we were restocking really with, uh, with, with players that had played two's footy the year before, and we tried to pick up a few extras. Um, to fill the gaps, we just because of those those injuries, the the, the year ended up just winding out. It was it was horrible. It was uh, we couldn't wait for pre season to come around? To be honest, yeah, it was yeah. one of those seasons. you just everything turned to uh, dust. It was uh, it, just one of those ones you prefer to forget.
0: Um, leaving Geelong at the end of '93 was that uh, was that tough? Or was that uh, when you look back on it now?
1: Yeah, I can. I can be very honest now because it's so long ago. Yeah. Um, at the end of '92, Malcolm wasn't very happy with me, and um, there was. I think he was putting my, floating my name for. Well, I know he was floating my name for uh, trades. Um, I still had another year, I think, to run on my contract. So I, I'm pretty big on the fact that if I said I was going to play up until '93, I was definitely going to do that. Come the end of '93, my contract was running out. 93 was an average season and a season what I spoke about earlier where the season it's in the mid-part had gone wayward um, and Malcolm pulled it up with about six games to go. We finished the season really strongly. Great game against West Coast. Best team not to play in the finals. Um, we'd beaten everybody in the top uh, five that, that year in that, in that home run um, and then to miss out on playing finals. So uh, that was a real frustration for me. It was um, Malcolm's relationship with mine have probably gone quite south. So for me, it was. I think I need to go somewhere else. The club were were pushing hard to get me to go somewhere else, yep. um, without saying it. I mean, I would have been felt much better if they said, "Listen, Andrew, can you go and find yourself a trade? We'll just, you know, and see what sort of deal we can do." But instead, it was a little bit uglier than that, and um, so I just thought I dug my heels and went, "Well, I won't say anything. I'll let the contract run out. You won't get anything. and that's what, that's how it ended up. So uh, I just. I took the risk of ending up anywhere and Brisbane was a an opportun- opportunity to uh, to do something different, uh, to be able to impact uh, the player group that uh, we now know as a triple premiership team yep. um, later on in life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Did you enjoy the five years up there?
1: It was an amazing five years. It was an amazing five years because I was doing things, I was pretty much in a, a bit of a, an assistant coaching role in essence yep. because I was able to, I first got up there and I said, Ballsy, what are these guys doing? What are they, what's this training? What are they? He said, that's why you're here. <laughs> I said, give me Wednesday nights. So I took Wednesday nights and I got all the young kids and we'd, just, we'd do all these little drills. So I, I was able to impact and do the things I couldn't possibly have done at Geelong uh, because Mal, Malcolm wanted to run it all. And that was his way. Yeah. I have no problem with that. But uh, I, I knew that I could contribute.
0: And and uh, clearly you did. I mean, uh, did you stay there longer than you thought you would? I mean, you finished up playing what seventy five games up there and five seasons. Was that longer than you thought you had in your body and in your in your mind for footy?
1: Kevin, I went up there for two years. Was yeah. my plan?
0: Yeah.
1: I thought to myself, if I can hang, if I can hang my hat on two good seasons, wrap it up, end up playing five. My last one wasn't worth uh, tinker's cast. It was a, it was a terrible season, just six games. Um, horribly injured and uh, and just a broken old man <laughs> but the four years that I had playing in uh, in after leaving Geelong were games I played as well as i played at Geelong I probably felt like a lot of firsts for us up there too first time to play in the final si- um, series first time to make a the the team broke a record in the last quarter for comeback um, just so many firsts it was just a, a a fantastic opportunity to go and impact a place that was laughable down here in Victoria. No one, tr- no one gave Brisbane any credit. They had no respect for us. And by the time I left there, I knew we had respect.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. They had that. And then uh, three premierships will do that for you afterwards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that was so uh, pleasing. It's amazing. You know, people often said to me about the Geelong premierships later on in life, um, oh, how were you when you know, I seven when they won their first flag? After so long, I, we, we were you a bit disappointed, a bit bitter? I said, I couldn't have been more happy. I said, I was like Bill Brown. I said tears in my eyes. I was yeah. elated because all the work we'd done had been validated. Yep. Finally, we'd got a flag. And everything that everyone had done in between counted for something.
0: Yeah, no, it's very true. It's the, it's the best way to look at it. Well, what went to of first. Then you, then you had a, a most unusual first, which must have been uh, every bit as terrific, as, or maybe even more terrific in retrospect than your own first game, was watching your boy run around.
1: As I speak, he's just pulled up. Um, he's, uh, look, it, it was amazing too because you just never know who is going to do uh, what from the family. I mean, I've got an older son, um, Jackson, who loves his football, yep. but he's not as, uh, he, he has a crack, but he's not he's not the same height, he's not as quick he's, um, as his uh, younger brother Jed and so when they're a kid coming through and they're pretty good at athletics and they're, you know, which way do they go? Because they were, they were national pole vault um, champions and that was a sport I did way back in the day. So yeah. I was there, one of their coaches and, you know, we were able to get uh, some, a great result there. So if somebody was to go into the football fold, was that really the pathway? There was always that burning question. Do we guide them that way or does a club pull them that way or yeah. do we, do we say, hang on a minute? No, we want to go and pursue athletics, a bit like Mark Blitzar, because he's in my eldest son's age group. Um, so, you know, Blitz went off and did some running for a while, and then came back to footy. So that was probably the the scenario that uh, we weren't sure about which way it's going to go. But um, watching him play his first game, at, uh, it was against the Dockers. I think yep. Fe, uh, Pav was playing his three hundred. Ted was playing his first. Oh God. It was amazing. But it's great to see him run out on the deck. And um, you got, Nowadays, it's not necessarily about going and hoping he does okay or doesn't get injured. Now we, we go and we just watch a game of footy and he's part of it. And his mother's the other side, though. She still watches every single step he takes. Yep. Whereas I can watch the game now comfortably and, and not be concerned what he's doing or not doing.
0: Yep. That's good. That's good that you can enjoy it.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I can enjoy it as much as we win or lose. And I, I'm still a <laughs> supporter these days. I'm, I'm the same as you, Kev. When yep. the team's not
0: winning, we're unhappy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now you're obviously a busy man in your, in your business life these days as well.
1: Well, we, we do what we can, and uh, Instinct Fit is a little um, uh, privately owned little gym we have down in Finesford here in Geelong, and we we cater to uh, circuit training, so it, it's something that I'm very familiar with as far as football training or you know it's a similar sort of setup we'd set the the uh the program people do the program they come in and go out we do the next same thing with the next group that come through um very similar coaching in footy um we uh also with that we probably we do a trip away every couple of years we will say we'll do kokoda occasionally we've done six of those we'll do um vietnam we'll slide over to uh the himalayas and have a little bit of crack around nepal some amazing things I've seen and done. You know that the, even here on our own doorstep, the Overland Track down in Tasmania is is an amazing place. So there's, I still get a kick out of doing adventure. Uh, I still get, a, you know, I still get a charge out of being challenged to do things.
0: Yeah. Football involvement? Just watching Jet?
1: No, my eldest Jackson's down at Anglesey, right. so uh, I've been lured out of the uh, into the coach's box. I, I ended up, I went down there thinking this would be great. I'll sit down with Mark Dalhouse, Luke's father, and just watch uh, the two elder boys play footy together. And uh, next minute I'm wearing the green. The next minute I'm in the coach's box, now I've still been there five years later. Uh,
0: there you go. By uh, the mafia.
1: The more you try and get out, they drag <laughs> you back
0: in. Can't keep him away from it. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, lovely to catch up, mate. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. It was lovely to go back and uh, and uh, in, in some ways relive that uh, Saturday, 17th of April, 1982. But uh, the journey since then has been uh, unbelievable, and uh, you're just a ripping bloke. Thanks so much for your time.
1: Thanks for having us, Kev.